When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Ooh, edition. Ooh, happy Halloween, or, you know, I don't know, whatever. If you're into Halloween, maybe you're not. We're all old. I mean, if you got kids, you're into it. If you're not, unless you're a child at heart, maybe you're not into it. But it is a uh, a spooky time. It's a scary time coming off of uh, week eight. There's a lot of scary things to talk about and a lot of uh, very exciting things. There's a lot of tricks and treats, if you will. I am Chris Welsh. That is Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston. Mr. Jake Seeley, where's the costume? Where is it? Watch All in Football. You can watch as I almost suffocated <laughs> and passed out live while doing the show wearing the Halo mask. It, it is, well, Halo helmet it is a full edition Halo helmet, by the way. With, Ooh. I'll, here, I'll even yeah, I'll I'll show it to you. I mean, you, nobody else can see it. But. <laughs> yeah, well, does it make sounds? No, it's just like the full on real deal. Like it even... Wait, where's the button? The lights even come on on the sides where you can do like the little, see? Okay, put it on one go. second. Let me hear how you sound in that, how that sounded. Oh, how it Just sounds? One yeah, I want to hear yeah, how I had you the sound. Mic, I had the mic. What I had the mic tucked underneath. That's All right, now like break, down, break down Cam Akers. No, I can't. It's like I legitimately can't see the screen. That's why my hair is all matted down that nobody else can see either. <laughs> I legitimately was struggling to breathe. I said it was, I compared it to I visited Denver way back in the day. I compared it to like trying to breathe in Denver and exercise in Denver. Like at the end of the podcast, I was legitimately like That's trying a, to. <laughs> it's a cool looking helmet, but poor design to not have breathability. Like, well, you like guys that. can see on the inside. There are zero air like vents. There's no yeah. way. There's nothing to breathe out. Look at you. You're exposing the Halo players in general. How could a real Halo person... How are we supposed to believe these video games if a real Halo person couldn't even breathe in there, Brandon? A real Look Halo at person? <laughs> I don't know. A real right? Spartan? <laughs> Is that what they're called? I don't know. I've never played Halo. I've actually never played oh. Halo. It missed well, my You just time. lost off their audience. I, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> you know what? Here's the other thing. I was always a PlayStation guy my entire life. Never an Xbox guy. I was always uh, both. Oh, were you? Yeah, this, I know a lot of people. This, were. this is like console wars. What? Uh, how about I've, I've just enjoyed all three? I have Nintendo one too. Just enjoy them. I would. I would. It was just a thing. I just always had PlayStation. So then, like you know, it's like a whatever fifteen, sixteen year old like adjusting to a new one just wasn't my thing. So I was always PlayStation. Do have it for a Nintendo Switch, and I've played Xbox a few times. So Halo was never in my scope. Uh, Jake. Uh, and Brandon, we'll get to you here in a second. Are you going to be yes. trick or treating tonight? But not me. I mean, I go with my niece. I've actually gone with my nieces and nephews since. So my oldest niece is now far out of it. She's fifteen. Uh, the nephew is that one year fringe where like he can still get it. Nobody's gonna be like, "Are you really eleven? He's twelve. So like that's the thing. And then my niece is obviously three. So she, you know, she's the one that's gonna have a lot of fun with it. I will tell you this. You ready for mm-hmm. this? Is the, this is the one where it's, I hope you're sitting sound, which I can see you are. So hold down for that. I'm not wearing the Halo helmet because I wouldn't be able to see. It's so freaking dark in there. Like so, but this is what I am wearing. 
Matching Halloween pajamas with the fiance. Oh, <laughs> wow. You are you're full in. You're completely immersed now in, in domestication. <laughs> oh, man. If you guys could see Jake's smile on here, too. He's like, yep, I just said that. That's, that's what that smile was. I'll share so, a picture. I'll share a picture. Matching matching pajama pants with kids. They're going to think they're your no, kids. No, pajamas. Too. Not pajamas. Pajamas. Yeah. pajamas full <laughs> on. Full. <laughs> Shoulder to toes. <laughs> oh, Although, otherwise, if they did, it wasn't the full thing. They just look like they're on their way to Walmart, you know, for the late night stop in or something. That's, oh, that's well, kind that of fair. That was my treat. That was my Halloween treat for sure. As soon as I get that picture, I'm going to mount that up. Brandon, as a fa- uh, father of children, as, as we are, what is the Halloween plan? Will you be consuming candy or will you be stealing candy from children? Like well, I we we are, we'll buy one small bag because we get about ten people, and so my wife has mandated it has to be the smallest bag because you guys are going to pick. We and- will eat whatever's left over for sure, um, but I'll probably be you know it's my kids. My youngest is sixteen, so he'll be out. He will want not want me around, um, so I'll be at home waiting for the sporadic tr- trick or treater. Probably editing Jake's waivers column. You know, that's that's what yeah. I got on the docket. Spook! <laughs> you know what's funny is I because I always go with my nieces and nephews. I always leave a bucket of candy out, and I always come back to candy left over. Like like you would think uh, that's that, a, like that gives you hope for the kid. You know, for the youth of America. Not that yeah. popular well, so, video that's out there of the kid that steals all the candy and then maybe flips a little bird to the camera. If you guys have seen oh, that no, one, I, none of those. I haven't seen that one. But that's the thing is like I understand the first couple because like what kid is like what parent is even going to let him dump the entire thing in but you would think once there's like 12 pieces left you would just be like well eh, i'll just take the rest of them you yeah. know hey good people i always come back there. to a few pieces yeah good people uh i will be taking my small children out and uh, luckily in the neighborhoods i have the families have already informed people that they will have some adult treats that will be going as a walk the Our streets sister's here, neighborhood so. has one of those yeah we got a like couple of those so uh we'll be uh partying it up and then of course <laughs> dad tax it's very important it's a very important time of the year april is for uh the government taxes and october 31st is for dad taxes and that's what's going to go down here lots of candy Love lots it. of sugar i never understood dad tax instead of putting the, when you put the bowl out just take some before you put your bowl out one of the best moments and we're going to get to football i promise happening here was this last year taking my kids walking through a neighborhood and i said this to my kid and he's like what's that and there were a couple family like people doing trick-or-treating and i decided to just yell to them i said do you guys can you guys explain to my son what a dad tax is nobody hesitated for one second and explained the entire neighborhood explained to my kid as we walked down what the dad tax was <laughs> and he was like he would he put his hands up he's like all right all right it was like a Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott argument. He was just like, all right, Tony Pollard. Okay, I get it. And that's uh, what went down. So hopefully you guys have a fantastic Halloween. If you're listening on November 1st, hello. We don't need to talk about it anymore. But hopefully the tricks and treats are good for you. The best treat that I received this weekend was a full go of my man, Run DMC, Christian McCaffrey, God, do I need the shirt? I need the I need all the Christian McCaffrey stuff. That's what I want to go for for Halloween. Christian McCaffrey does the touchdown triple crown. He passes, he catches, and he runs for touchdown. He threw a gorgeous pass, which Jimmy Garoppolo might be worried a little bit about his job after seeing that 34-yarder dart to Brandon Ayuk from Christian McCaffrey. He ran 18 times for 94 yards and a score, and he caught eight balls for 55 yards and a touchdown. This was vintage Christian McCaffrey in a Kyle Shanahan 49er offense as they beat 
down the Rams. There isn't a lot of fantasy notes out of here to say, but Brandon, Christian McCaffrey looked like the number one player in the land, especially with Jonathan Taylor struggling. Christian McCaffrey's given us vibes of, why didn't we draft him number one overall? And I actually have that situation in flex, and I took Jonathan Taylor. So, Well, I mean, he could pull a hammy next week or the week after when he when he comes back from a bye. I mean, that's, Why are you trying that's, to do that? Don't pull that evil up. Don't you, don't <laughs> you put oh, that evil on me, Ricky. Come Brandon. on, man. <laughs> Third straight year he couldn't play half a season or whatever, you know. Look, yeah, that was never the question with McCaffrey. Halloween, not Grinch Christmas episode. Come on, Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, let's spin this. Look at we we didn't we were backing off because we thought Carolina was going to suck and because Christian McCaffrey couldn't hardly play the previous two years. He's healthy. He's on San Francisco. If that was the situation going in, and we just knew that you know he would have been a number one pick. I think he would have been. Maybe Jonathan Taylor still, but um, I think he would have been right there. So this isn't this isn't a shocker that he's basically with the best coach in the league as far as you know where a running back can be. Um, and it was impressive, the triple, the trifecta. I mean, it's not like if a coach was intent on making that happen, a lot of other players could have done that. But when you actually say, well, Walter Payton and LaDainian Tomlinson are the only other two that have done it, then it's like, okay, well, it's like, you know, it's pretty pretty legit company. But, you know, it's not like, you know, if, if they wanted to make Debo Samuel do that, he he probably could have came close to doing that. You know, I, think I saw DJ Dallas throw a pick in the red zone this year as they tried to throw, and that catch, if you didn't see it, was incredible. I feel like there's are, you, are no, you there like, was a DJ Dallas horrible, yeah, 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 yeah. Throw. Well, yeah, yeah. everything McCaffrey did was well, impressive why. across the board. Ninety percent like, of the running backs and wide receivers don't have the wherewithal to not make the throw when it doesn't go right. They they yeah. try too hard. To just I'm just saying it it's not like it's such a unique skill. There is probably 10% of the running backs and receivers in the league that could do something like this, but then you need all the stars to align and make it happen. Listen and, to this Seahawks fan. Listen to him. It's like, well, yeah, I'm just, yeah. right. <laughs> I can see, I can see all of our podcasts going forward. We're going to start with Christian McCaffrey. Now that I know on the 49ers, I'm going to have to stop. I'll, I'll <laughs> try to contain myself, but like fun is just better that he faced Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara on my team in flex this week. That's what it was. <laughs> God, all right. That is, well. It is true. I did. Yeah, I, had I, a pretty, I had a pretty decent week, but it's going to go for not. Yeah, I was like, oh, God, I got Dak Prescott going against me, and golf is having a mediocre week, and then Christian McCaffrey and Kamara go. I was like, oh, well, I'm good. <laughs> Brennan, am I sensing a trade high, a sell high on McCaffrey situation from you at all? Well, I mean, if you, if you were worried about that, I mean, but God, what's better than just getting, you know, week in and week out, 20-plus touch production from Christian McCaffrey in the best – Russian offense in a league, but I mean, if you're, you know, what four and four, you need some depth. You need to like plug some holes. You can get a King's ransom for him right now. You can literally, you know, exactly. Fix your team. Well, so that, and that's why. So I, I just tell, say this all the time. Like I, I joke that somebody in the comments this past week, past week, I was like, "Oh, context is tough, huh?" Uh, because you know I'm smarmy. But the thing was, is <laughs> I was saying, "Blow your fab on Gus Edwards," and then on Wednesday when the ranks came out, I said, "Sell high Gus Edwards," and because the opportunities people miss in fantasy is selling at peak value. Like, yes, Christian McCaffrey could stay number one the rest of the year. But there's nowhere to go up from here. Like there's, there's, if you get like if like, you brought up Jonathan Taylor, you could get Jonathan Taylor and a wide receiver, depending on opinion, of course. Now, I know people are gonna be like, not in my league. Of sure, fine, whatever. But there's a lot of leagues where you could get Taylor and a piece before last week. 
if Kamara if Kamara didn't do this this week and you were talking about Christian McCaffrey doing this last week, you could have got Kamara and a piece because people were like, is he ever going to score a touchdown? Look at Barkley a few weeks ago. Barkley could have gotten you a kind of haul. You could have gotten Christian McCaffrey and possibly a piece. And you could look at it at the flip side. You could go get a wide receiver and a RB2, a fringe RB1, something like that. ETN right now, could he be a top five running back the rest of the way? Sure, but if you get that return right now, Worst case scenario is he is what we just saw and you've net neutral. You've, you haven't won the trade. You haven't lost the trade. The best case scenario, what you're playing for here is the stock market. Do you think it's going to go past here? Then sell. Even though it looks like you're selling the best piece, you're still selling at peak value. I, I was actually going to bring up a trade offer. This might be too much to start, but um, what do you think about trading McCaffrey to get ETN and Devonte Adams coming off of a poor week? If you could get that, do it in a heartbeat. That's a no brainer. Do it, but definitely start there for sure. Like that's the that's the whole point, right? Like if you have CMC, you you go ahead and offer what you think is you know a slam dunk for you, and if someone you know accepts it, that's that's where you start. Maybe you take something less than a Devonte Adams, you know. But in the end, but I think you you, you might be able to guess. Look, there are some desperate owners right now that might be sitting, especially after this week. First of all, headed into this week, they might be two and five, they might be two and six, three and five thinking, Ooh, I need to do something to make the playoffs sitting on Jamar chase. You might be able to get, I mean, again, this might sound insane. Like you just said to get this, but I've seen these trades happen. I see them happen every single year. You might be able to get Taylor and chase. You're buying low on Jonathan Taylor. You're getting chase for a massive discount because they don't, they can't afford to wait. And all of a sudden you can be potential two top five players at their positions. Jake, we're going to go to you on this. Who the hell is Ronnie Rivers? Because Ronnie Rivers <laughs> outrushed Daryl Henderson, of course. I had in him this in the ranks. Game. Not that they were going to do a whole lot rushing <laughs> against the 49ers anyways. Daryl Henderson ended up with only four carries for 16 yards, but Ronnie Rivers, eight for 21. Is this going to, we going to do this thing with the Rams again with Ronnie Rivers? Mm, we're going to do this thing where Daryl Henderson wasn't 100%. I expected a little bit more than that and even the fact that he's 100 but what we're going to do is understand that the rams even with henderson which would still be my pick uh is a complete committee the offensive line is still trash the offensive line still can't stop anybody from getting to that backfield before people even touch the ball and you're not going to have any success here and i would go get kyron williams i would get him because sean mcveigh like went gaga from day one of the draft. Like, well, not day one, but you get my point. So as soon as the draft was over, the entire offseason, Kyron Williams, Kyron Williams, Kyron Williams, Kyron Williams. And now he's about to return. The thing here is what I kind of said of why I was on Cam Akers this year. And yes, it didn't work out. And yes, I'm taking that on the chin. And I understand. And like, <laughs> yeah. well, no, I also said a few weeks ago, drop him. As soon as this happened, like best case scenario, the trade deadline tomorrow is he gets traded to a team that he's still the backup. He's still going to be the backup at this point. But the reason I was on Cam Akers because he had 13 for 48 against these 49ers last year in the playoffs coming off that Achilles. That's not four yards of carry, but he led the team and it was a decent showing against this team. So you just saw how bad it could be against the 49ers defense. And I don't think it's going to get any better, even with Kyron Williams, but he would be the one. I wouldn't waste my time with Henderson at this point either. Yeah, this is the lowest uh, scoring fantasy backfield. And it this is... This is less of a conversation. Yeah, this is less of a conversation than Tyler Algier or Caleb Huntley. Just doesn't really matter. This doesn't matter at all. And Kyron Williams, if he comes out there and he's the bell cow right away, 
it matters a little bit, but it matters about as much as Najee Harris matters, which is <laughs> I, I don't have an offensive line. You can't do anything, even if you're good. So it's like that's kind of where they're stuck. I just think Pittsburgh, the Rams, two of the very dregs of the offensive lines, and it's killing also on the Rams side, uh, potentially avoided a huge, huge blow into fantasy owners that Cooper Cup got banged up, but Good he guy. said after the game that they dodged a bullet. So I don't know if we've dodged like playing time missed or anything like that. We, we haven't I haven't received anything and pretty much in classic uh, athletic fantasy football fashion. We'll probably get the news five minutes after we're done or we posted this, which pretty much happens every single week. But I haven't seen any. Cooper Cup traded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cooper Cup would be a Seahawk. We, we, this continuously happens. We have a text thread that it, we always, it's about 10 minutes after the show is posted, I get a text from either Brandon or Jake going, look at this. It was Kadarius Tony, or it was the season-ending injury. Someone's getting traded by the time we post this, I can guarantee it. But uh, do you guys have any feelings if, yes, there's a bullet dodge, but that there might be any missed time for Cooper Cup? Mm, Van Jefferson in deeper leagues, looking for wide receiver help. Then again, yeah, Tony I guess his first game back. If this thing continues to spiral, like the Rams could be out of it, pretty quickly in the next few weeks so then you would worry about it because then it's kind of like time to maybe shelve him or just come back. but but your, your bad to... games from cooper cup are literally 80 yards and a touchdown so what are i we... know it's ridiculous and to stay that to go back real quick uh to the raiders uh the, i threw out the name but the one hesitancy i would have about trading josh for josh jacobs or Devonte adams is they're about a week or two away from thinking about cj stroud like this no is we could get to week 16 at the prime time of your semifinal and final championship. And it'd be like, eh, Adams is 80%. We're not going to play him. Eh, let's start evaluating Zamir white because we're not keeping Josh Jacobs. Like I'm just saying like, like, like the Raiders went from legit contender to, Hey, we're in the talk for the top five pick this year. It's like the night set field over Jalen hurts game or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> don't get us all freaked out here this is not the trick that we all want with these quarterbacks because <laughs> we had some of those nasty ones this weekend i'm gonna give you three running backs three big performances and we're gonna start with you brandon i want you to tell me who is the biggest sell so from these performances alvin Kamara touchdown progression he uh he progressed back into scores he had not scored coming into this weekend gets three touchdowns this is like literally what Kamara does when he does it 18 for 62, a rushing touchdown, caught nine for 96 and two scores. Number one. Number two, we get the classic Titans, uh, Derrick Henry versus the Texans situation where he goes for over 200 rushing yards, 219, two scores, 32 carries. But Malik Willis came in at quarterback and woof. I don't know if, if we're going to see any positivity like this against any other team because Malik Willis could not move the ball. Derrick Henry owns the Texans. He's number two. Number three, Tony Pollard, who went 14 for 141 and three scores without Ezekiel Elliott. Now, I've obviously given you three different scope of backs, one being very chalk, one being underperforming for the year, and one who doesn't necessarily have a full-time job, but my God, when given the opportunity. So they all are going to have different degrees of what the return value is. So you could easily say, I think there's one obvious name that you could point out as a sell high here, but his return value is going to be different. So Camara. Henry Pollard, all three coming off of huge weeks. Is there a big sell out of those three, Brandon? We'll start with we'll start with you. I'm not going to trade Camara uh, because they've they've named Andy Dalton the starter, and that's been working out. I have Camara on a couple teams, and it's it's very noticeable. And God knows when we're going to get Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry back. I mean, they're not talking about them even being close. So, like, 
these, you know, seven to nine catch games from, from Dalton to Kamara, I think could continue. Uh, Derek Henry, and to throw in, I didn't mean to cut you off and to throw in, I just saw this Ian Rappaport also reported that Mark Ingram suffered a grade two three, MCL sprain and will now be out for three to four weeks right now. So I didn't four. even see that beforehand. I just wanted yeah. to add that. Uh, and Derek Henry, like, you know, he's, he's well known as a November, December, just Goliath and it's kind of trending in the right direction again. Yeah. There was last year's injury. Yeah. He's 28 years old. Yeah. You worry about the tread a little bit, but from all accounts, this guy is a, you know, workout machine who just takes care of himself. And he is once again, the center of that offense. So I'd say Tony Pollard, because there are going to be Tony Pollard managers out there who think this is the sea change. This is the moment when we see it happen. Tony Pollard has been overdrafted in fantasy leagues for the last couple of years on the idea of this. Ezekiel Elliott has to be out of the equation because we know that they're not going to just hand everything over to Tony Pollard. In fact, you know, and Jake probably agrees with this. They're going to go back to Ezekiel Elliott as the starter and Tony Pollard's going to go back to his role. And I, and maybe we'll see a little bit more Tony Pollard, but I don't think this is, I don't think this is a massive change coming, but I think there's going to be somebody out there looking to get Tony Pollard thinking there is going to be this massive change. Cowboy's going to hire The Rock, bring Tony Pollard in. No, you're rolling. Sh-. Sorry. I just. It's, it's like Cleo Herbert when he went nuts. Shut and then immediately Montgomery comes back. And it was like they just, you know, what? where did Khalil Herbert go? You know, like it, it happens. And now Cleo Herbert slowly, you know, making his move again. But there's going to be a reset here once Elliot's back. So, Jake, obviously the return is going to be less for Tony Pollard than the other guys. Um, nah, is this maybe. the same take for you? Uh, is the Tony Pollard is a sell or are you going to potentially sell on Camara? Or, I mean, we talked about selling Christian McCaffrey, same thing you got going on with Derrick Henry. Any, anybody else, but Pollard the sell? No, I mean, it depends. I mean, if you get people going crazy for Camara and remembering the five touchdowns and stuff like that, and you could get close to CMC value, of course, I mean, it's always relative, but the most logical one of being likely to happen in this case is Pollard because Derrick Henry is going to lead this team, but not, you know, obviously he's not going to have 32 carries. That was really, yeah, it was Wolf. It was 10 attempts, completed six of them. Two of them were really bad. Two of them were Wolves. And then on the interception on top of it, uh, but they didn't really give Malik Willis. They just said, we're going to go out there and let Derrick Henry run this team. And then that makes me think that Ryan Tannehill's back for the Chiefs, that you don't, you try to scheme a game plan a little bit if you think that Willis is going to be more than one game. That didn't look like there was anything more than, hey, we need him this week. Let's just get through this. So that's where I go with that. But yeah, it is Pollard. And I, I said, I jumped in with that little snide comment because there's people out there. This is how the whole joke tweet thing started for me last year, where I was like, Chuck Norris is alive only because Tony Pollard lets him. Tony Pollard would have scored from the five yard line on a different field in a different stadium. And you're like, you know, this stupid stuff because people want Tony Pollard to be the greatest running back of all time. And yeah, he's looked better for Zeke for some time, but we've already heard Jerry Jones get interviewed and said, no, Zeke is the lead. Zeke is vital to our winning. He was really vital yesterday, wasn't he? This is just like Zeke is the lead option. Maybe it's more 50-50 and they're both usable, but Zeke is going to be used at the goal line, even if the snaps are there for Pollard. So yeah, it's immediately sell high, but that doesn't mean everybody's going to give you value for Tony Pollard. So if you don't get top 15 value for Pollard, then just hold because he's not that much lower than that. Like this is only if you get near RB1 value for Pollard. This is not going to be a joke. Carolina Panthers fantasy value. It exists. It's a real thing. There is actual players that have fantasy value. What happens and when this you week, have an actual quarterback? 
They have an actual quarterback, PJ Walker, actually tossing what they said next gen stats, the furthest pass in NFL history, according to next gen stats. It was what? gorgeous. Yeah, wow. next gen stats. They said in the that air, the the, they said that the longest the pass, and according to next gen stats, was PJ Walker's dart to DJ Moore. I think it was uh, 69 yeah, but nice yards in the air. That doesn't like <laughs> next gen only goes back like what, 15 years? Or 100%. Something? Yeah, no, it, it, it's, I mean, it's, still it's not pretty amazing. I mean, it's still yeah. pretty incredible. It's similar to like when baseball's like, this is the hardest hit ball in StatCast era. And it's like, okay, well, that's, you know, take that with a grain of salt. It's kind of the same I thing. I mean, Mike Vick threw it out of the stadium one time, so. <laughs> yeah, don't you remember <laughs> the commercial? It was awesome. Uh, so PJ Walker, definitely the guy. Deontay Foreman, 26 carries, 118 yards. Christian McCaffrey, who three touchdowns. Very impressive. So let's start with him for a second. Number three scoring running back over the last two weeks in half PPR. Number three. Is Deontay Foreman, Jake, a firm RB2, or is it still going to be based on matchups because they were playing the Atlanta Falcons? Uh, he is, but he's also a possible sell-high candidate. I tweeted it out earlier Monday, depending on when you're listening to this. The concern that I have for Pollard and Foreman is in the same situation. They were still both only on the field on third down passing and then second and third long, which is seven plus yards. So basically long downs and passing downs. They were both only on the field about 40% of the time, 40 ish range. That's not much different from their normal use. That's not much different than most running backs in these timeshare situations. There's not much different than like a Ken Walker with Travis Homer and DJ Dallas involved. Like you're going to get those snaps seated from you. Leonard Fournette, Saquon Barkley. Those are like the ones that are actually in the 50, 60, potentially even 70% range. So I'm not saying that because Foreman's not an RB2. I just said, yes, he is an RB2. But like Pollard, he's a potential sell high because they're probably still going to use Hubbard when back. They used other options yesterday, even with Foreman doing what he's going to do. And as you mentioned, they're not going to face the Falcons every single week. But I think Foreman's clearly enough in the lead that 60-40, 65-35, I don't think Hubbard's going to come back and eat right into him 50% of the time. But I would... Again, depending on your league, I think it depends on whether he's there. But if you can't, he's probably a top 20, maybe even pushing top 15 going forward. I wish I had the right matchup to give you if I had done because it's just popped in my head. But I wanted to ask uh, Deontay Foreman or Najee Harris moving forward. <laughs> uh, for, Foreman, but here's the thing, like a perfect example of why it's a perfect sell high window. They get the Bengals next week. That's going to possibly turn very fast, very south, very south fast, whatever. And all of a sudden, Hubbard might be on the field more because more passing downs. That's the concern that you have. And Cincinnati's defense is a little underrated. They're not great in the run game, but they're actually decent in the passing. I'm just saying, like, the Cincinnati, they get the Atlanta again. So there you go, by the way, Thursday night game. At Baltimore, but, like, then Denver. So, like, there's going to be some mix and matches with the matchups, too. What do yeah. you think? Uh, Deontay Foreman or Najee Harris rest of season, Brandon? Foreman. Come on, Faustin. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just looking uh Five of his last seven games with 10 or more carries, he's gone over 100 yards. Like, he is the lone example of a running back success story coming back from Achilles' injury. It took him, like, playing, you know, a total of one game in two years, you know, because of that injury, and then six in a relatively, you know, nothing role the, the year that he came back. But he's back. I mean, he's, he's looking good. So, yeah, I mean, Najee just non-existent at this point like it's just you know they're it looks like they're playing Jalen Warren more as well uh like it's uh yeah I think I would go De Deontay that's a wild one 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, DJ Moore, this was one of my big plays of the week. Yeah, it looked a little dicey early on. Six for 152 and a score. And I believe I saw, I might be off by one yard on this, but I believe he had the most air yards this week, 251. And I believe there were two wide receivers. Am I off by a yard? Is it 252? No, no, no. There's something here for this. Oh, okay. We'll do it. Yeah. yeah well, let's jump right into it. It was, uh, I think, only two guys had over 200 air yards. So DJ Moore, uh, big, big, big game. I had ranked him very high, 6-152 in a touchdown. So what is the caveat, Jake? No, there is no caveat. This is no. so for week eight team air yard percentage, by the way, Cooper Cup, 66.7, which is an ungodly number. That's that's like that's stupid. Um, but so team air yard percentage of week eight, Cup was number one. McLaurin was four. DJ Moore was 10 at 54.7. Here's the where I'm going with this. Week seven and eight, McLaurin has 57% of his team's air yards. DJ Moore from weeks six through eight, because what happened? DJ Walker, 57.5% of his team's air yards. I said, this is a McLaurin and DJ Moore are back tweet. That's all I need to say right there. That's the numbers. Let me let me just ask, are, should Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz see the field again this year? No, you know how I feel about Carson Wentz and Tyler Heineke. I never thought Carson yeah. Wentz should be there anyway. They had their answer in Heineke, but... No, like, I mean, maybe Darnold, but it, it would take a, it would take a real stinker. PJ Walker has been targeting the living hell out of DJ Moore, but he's been yeah. more solid than good. Yeah. What about? And I know we're going to talk about it, but what about the Jets just going back to Flacco? Because <laughs> thank you. Saying this for to. four weeks. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you either go back to Flacco, or you trade Elijah Moore. You trade any like assets that you think are going to help your future future this is like i think the moment for them though they either have to bench wilson now or you they're legitimately contender and they're not with zach wilson they're not well but they're five we are gonna, three, and their window's still open if you go back to Flocka, you can salvage this and we are going to tease uh talk just a tiny bit of trade deadline because the trade deadline is tomorrow as we record this within the next 24 hours or so so we'll talk about that here in just a second uh maybe let's do, try to get these two in, in real quick we, I know you, uh, Jake, tweeted about this. We've talked about this for weeks on the show. So if people have been paying attention, you've gotten this. But Antonio Gibson outperforms Brian Robinson again. Uh, seven for 19 for Gibson, but uh, that was on the carries. Seven catches for 58 yards and a score to Brian Robinson's eight for 20. Antonio Gibson has been the 19th scoring running back in half PPR for the last month. Yet, Brian Robinson has been taking his job. You guys have both said he, he's been grossly uh, undervalued, Brandon. And he's been a guy that has been constant conversation. And here you go again. He's just outperforming, even though he's not the lead back. Yeah, I mean, it's been mostly passing that role. And, and you know, I, you know, maybe it was your, uh, maybe it was Bogman when I was on with talking with you guys on your podcast. They said, this might be the role that actually fits Gibson the best. And I kind of maybe buying that. If they want to split the carries between him and Robinson, but then Gibson gets all this receiving work as well, that might you know if that's what if that's going to appease Ron Rivera, that it kind of appeases me because it's kind of you know working out pretty well for Gibson as you mentioned the top twenty running back over the last month. I will say I still think he looks better running the ball than Brian Robinson as well, but whatever. Like this is if this is how it's going to settle in, I'm kind of okay with it. It's salvaged Gibson's value. I have him a few places. That's just what I'm looking for. I don't want some guy who's running the ball looking meh to basically take Antonio Gibson out of the equation. And somehow, you know, it's worked out well for Gibson. Jake, do you think the window is closed to buy on Gibson right now from no. nothing to you can still you think you can still do it? 
Yeah, because there's still the committee is a problem. Like, you don't want to go crazy to buy him because J.D. McKissick's still getting annoyingly involved. He's not fantasy relevant, but he's annoyingly involved for both of them. Uh, and there's still people that are like, Brian Robinson's in the lead, and it's not like Antonio Gibson did anything on the ground. Like, then those are like straight-out tweets you see yesterday. Uh, we sat here, and you referenced because we've been talking about on the show that he's looked better, but who knew that the, the timeshare was going to make Gibson better? As Function just said, it's just maybe this is go back. How many times did I say, Funston knows where I'm going, back to the Miami Dolphins days. We got to give him more touches, give him more touches, give him more touches, give him more touches. And then what happens? Goes to Arizona Cardinals, and we see that he's the exact same running back that he ever was, is some running backs are better in timeshares. Some running backs are better only touching the ball 60% of the time. Lamar Miller, by the way, if anybody didn't know who I was referencing, because I've said it a million times before. Lamar yeah. Miller was the reference. Um. One last one, and this is more of a personal question that Bogman and I kind of talked about. I really want to get your take on it. Let's just do this one doctor. real quick. Uh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> so you should ask your doctor. <laughs> Not that one. Not that one. That's a, it's a private chat. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton on the uh, on the early, early Sunday game in London held to four catches for 13 yards, now under 25 yards for three straight games. Ranked 49th, I believe, since week four on or over those three games, uh, three games, 49th as far as uh, wide receivers go in half PPR. No, that's since week four. I'm sorry. So 49th wide receiver in half PPR since week four is Cortland Sutton cooked. Should be we be worried is more of the question here. Should we be worried or do you think there's a buy opportunity? Because we are going to talk about him in just one second. There's some rumors of Jerry Judy out there, but Cortland Sutton mm-hmm. he ain't getting the ball, Jake. And Russ doesn't want to get him the ball. Should we be worried about Sutton? Here's what happened. Russ spent so much damn time in the kitchen, he cooked himself. That's what happened. <laughs> There's your answer. Yeah. He's done. He's done. The problem here is I asked Meany to kind of take your question and go another step further with it on All in Football this morning. I said, is Dulcich the only reliable Bronco? Because the backfield is any given week, who's going to get the touchdown? And it's a split and it's a messy split. And then it's Sutton one week. It's Judy one week. It's been Judy, as you referenced, a little bit more than Sutton. But you can't confidently start either one of them to say they're the guy. Whereas in most leagues, granted, Judy's been better, but they've been wide receiver three slash fours, depending on the size of your league, where it's here's here's what I'll ask Funston. How different are they from both being Darnell Mooney? And that's where they are right now. 21 points is kind of what you can hope for as a high watermark for this Denver offense, you know, and it's. Like that was sort of what we saw in London was kind of as good as it gets for this team. So in in that light, maybe Sutton has a game, but you're never going to get both of those guys. You can never go into a game thinking, oh, Judy and Sutton are going to do well. You know, I, I agree with Jake. Dulcich looks good. He's great at UCLA um, and seems to be jiving, you know, but like I think it's more about Russell Wilson. I mean, this was. You know, he's all gung-ho and giddy. He had one touchdown pass and an interception. His numbers weren't great. But this is kind of, you know, this is going to be the defense kind of holds the team down. And you hope that Russell gets 21. That's good enough. That's kind of where they're at right now. So I'm glad because I don't have – I Sutton got so over – I always love Sutton, but he got so over-ranked and, like, it was through the roof. I don't have, like, hardly any Sutton at all. And it's not because I didn't like him. It's because – Everybody overhyped him going into the year. Just got a little bit carried away on. Things. I had zero shares until I traded for him in my home keeper league as a potential <laughs> keeper. No, as a potential keeper, think, hoping they re- move on from Russell Wilson somehow. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah. Well, we're still not giving it a few weeks. I mean, Jacksonville's looking like 
absolute, sorry, they're looking like absolute ass right now. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, every time I think he might be turning a corner, he, he turns back. You know, he, he basically does a U-turn back in the in the wrong direction. Like, well, I, throwing an I, interception I will him- on the first pass when he's set up for his, like, big drive to win the game. Like, come on. I, I can't find it right now, but I'll give him a slight pass for that matchup. I, I tweeted out during, like, at the, towards the end of that game when they touched the ball in the final drive really didn't even matter. But Lawrence's yards per attempt and air yards per attempt and completion percentage and then the comparative-wise for the Broncos and what they've allowed, the Broncos are stomping everybody in yards yeah. per attempt and completion percentage and stuff like that. So it's like, it's legitimately the Denver's pass defense is something to worry about unless you have a stud quarterback for fantasy purposes. Yeah. All right, two previews before we end the show here. The trade deadline, about 24-ish hours away. There's a lot of rumors, and I'm just going to throw out a bunch of players, and you guys give me a prediction of a player that you think could get traded. It could be a hot and heavy trade deadline. It could go out with a whimper like previous years. Elijah Moore is in trade rumors. There's no chance that he can stay with his team in my mind as he openly just says, hey, what's your report? The reporter said, what's your, uh, what'd you say your chemistry is with Zach Wilson? He's like, I don't know. I don't get the ball. Got to go. Brandon Cook's <laughs> out there. I attend that class. <laughs> yeah. Jerry Judy with some rumors with the Jets. Cam Akers, who's been probably the biggest trade candidate for uh, a month and the Rams trying to sell us on the thing. Oh, yeah, we'll play him if he doesn't get traded. You've also got Kareem Hunt. Is there a surprise trade? So, Brandon, let's start with you. If you had to pick a player to get moved, who do you think is getting moved at this deadline? Is there someone I didn't mention or more Cooks, Judy, Akers, Hunt? Well, I was, I'm just you know making stuff up in my head like you are. But I, I think Elijah Moore is going. I, I mentioned him, and I, so I'll, I'll go to somebody else. Uh, I'll say Kareem Hunt if he's legitimately available for a fourth rounder. Why not Atlanta? They're in a, they're in a playoff hunt. Why not Atlanta just go for him, get be done with the Cordero Patterson as our running back experiment. You can play around with Cordero, but get a true workhorse running back back there in the style that, you know, that Arthur Smith likes with, you know, with coming over with Derrick Henry. I mean, you can make Kareem Hunt a 20 carry a week back. He's a stud when he's like that. We remember him in Kansas City, and we've all been kind of pining for that. Go do that for a fourth rounder. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, the rumors have probably been more with the Eagles, but that would be a nice surprise side. Uh, Jake, if you're uh, doing the same thing on the trade market, is there a surprise trade or any of those? And if you have a destination, feel free to throw it. Yeah, I don't think Judy goes anywhere, though. I think they're asking too much for Judy, and that's the problem. So they want first-rounders on top of things. I think Elijah Moore makes sense. I think Brandon Cooks makes a lot of sense. Like, the, What is Houston holding on to him for? Outside of like Elijah Moore and Brandon Cooks still be on these teams after the trade deadline, they're only there because of spite. Let's be honest about it. Like Seinfeld, they would just return the shirt out of spite, the jacket out of spite. Like You can't do that. <laughs> so that's the only case with them. Cream, I agree with Fonson, though. Cream Hunt also makes a ton of sense because he's a free agent this year so why not get something and they have shown confidence not only in Ernest Johnson being the next man up but giving them bell cow work when both of them missed so why wouldn't you so I think more cooks and hunt are the ones I don't think there really be any surprise I don't know that Cam Akers goes anywhere at this point like what do you get like sixth seventh rounder I don't even know if you get that it might be like a conditional sixth like this yeah like they ruined it they ruined his value well, especially with, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt on the market. And you've also got the Niners listening on Jeff Wilson Jr., who played good in him, uh, you know, very sparingly. <laughs> that Jeff there's Wilson a market. Jr. Got, I mean, everybody on the Niners is just, it's, you know, looks good because of the system. Yeah. Well, 100%. That's out there. Uh, I would say my biggest surprise would be if the Packers do not trade for a wide receiver, what we're going to get out of Aaron Rodgers. Cause I just don't think how they've played if, if they don't do something, not this AJ Green nonsense, but one of the major ones. Uh, I think it's explosion time. It's the Packers, though. That's a, okay. Not AJ Green. What? Darius Slayton? 
Like, there's just like, that's what the, the Packers God, if do. Brandon Cooks or Elijah Moore went to the Packers, game on. I'm all I, in, man. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how, if Brandon Cooks is available, how they don't go and get him for this last run with Aaron Rodgers. It would be silly. Uh, all right, last thing up here. Let's talk about waivers. Jake, we'll start with you. What's your early preview of your top waiver picks? This is definitely more of a whimper of a waiver week over the last, since, uh, or compared to the last couple of weeks. But what are you looking at this week? Yeah, so I kind of did mine as running backs and wide receivers, and I like Funston kind of do like ranks because you'll see my ranks. So kind of like mixed it up for you a little bit this week. Yeah. So I think if you're looking for running back help, I guess we go back to Kenyon Drake. <laughs> if Gus Edwards is out only, if Gus Edwards is out only, 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 and that's like I still kind of don't want to do it, but <laughs> I guess you need to. I think the uh, Isaiah Pacheco thing that we talked about last week was worth grabbing coming off their bye to see the use there. And he is the lead. Although it could just be a frustrating committee and it's more about the team than it is fantasy purposes. Uh, if you need running back help, I mentioned Kyron Williams earlier. And then if you need, uh, uh, there is one Funston mentioned too. I've already mentioned waivers last week. I'll save that for you. Funston wide receivers. I guess we go back to Dobbs. That's uh, that, everybody keeps getting hurt. He's coming back into the equation only because everybody's hurt when he is Samare Toure. Um, that's a Toure. <laughs> Uh, caught a touchdown and then another double size i guess we're going back to Kadarius tony like this i really don't think there's much there like what is it 14 percent of the target share but i mean if he does it and becomes the number two wide receiver in front of valdez scantling and michael hardman i mean wide receiver four and then one of the ones i would say is rondell morris one of the best wide receivers out there and then to the person who multiple weeks ago who kept coming for me in deep leagues and saying stop telling me to stash Terrace marshall this is why I told you to stash Terrace Marshall. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, what do you got on your uh, waiver ranks? Yeah, uh, redundancy with a lot of what Jake just said there. I will throw out that Garrett Wilson is amazingly just 50, like 50 or 49%. I was this, I looked after you put him there. I was like, there's no way. Like, is, what is he looking at? And then I looked. I'm like, oh, okay. Fun stuff. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, would, I would even say Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. Take the chance. There's two things that could happen. Elijah Moore could get traded to a lot better situation. Or they could go back to Joe Flacco. In either way, you want Garrett Wilson and you want Elijah Moore. If it's status quo, then yeah, you don't want Elijah Moore. But you still want Garrett Wilson. Um, so I would say Garrett Wilson, uh, Rondale mentioned there. On the running back side, look at Caleb Huntley keeps getting 15-plus carries. He's you know, you, You'd probably rather have Tyler Algier. But Caleb Huntley, if you're getting that kind of workload, is somebody. But I would say James Cook, who we saw flash. You know, um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Look at I was looking at the schedule for the Bills going forward. There is a ton of games where they might be 10 to 14 point favorites. And there's going to be games like where you can see a whole lot of James Cook in the second half as Devin Singletary is being rested or being, you know, getting prepped to to make sure he's ready for the playoffs. I could just see it, a, a role growing there. And um, you want to be there for it. I completely agree. Uh, my two stashes, James Cook, Jalen Warren is one you guys didn't talk about. Jalen Warren's continuously looked good. They could try to reestablish off of a bye week for more Najee Harris, but I don't know. It also could be a little bit more Jalen. So I might, if you have the ability, tentative speculative ads would be uh, James Cook, obviously, and maybe Jalen Warren. If you guys want more, make sure you are locked into The Athletic because you on Wednesday or late, late Tuesday night, if you're a late nighter, you can get Jake's ranks for week nine. So make sure you check out that. Subscribe to The Athletic so you uh, are not blocked out for any of it. You got to click on that bad boy. That'll be out. We will be back again on Thursday to walk you all of through week nine. You can find them on Twitter at AllInKid for Jake. Brandon Funston on Twitter and myself at IsItTheWelsh. For now, the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast is out. 
Have a very happy and safe Halloween. Goodbye, friends. Mm.